Welcome to Young PR Pros on the FIR Podcast Network. Young PR Pros is the podcast for the young and young at heart working in the world of public relations and communications. Here are your hosts, Christine Darbell and Julia Kent. You're listening to Young PR Pros, episode 96. Pros, a weekly podcast for the young and young at heart PR pros looking for tips and advice on how to build and advance their careers. I am Christine Darbell in Ottawa, Canada. And I'm Julia Kent, also in Ottawa. Happy New Year, Julia. Happy New Year to you, too. So, we're 2015. Um, you're a married lady. I am a married lady. <laughs> I'm a married lady. It's kind of weird. <laughs> it was a beautiful ceremony, by the way. Um, very, very elegant. And I got to visit Halifax for the second time. Um, and I I'm really falling in love with the city, so. Yeah, I miss it already. And I was there for three and a half weeks. You'd think that would be enough. (laughs) Yes, 2015 um, already. And just a little news for our listeners, we're actually only four episodes away from episode 100. Holy. So we're about to hit a big milestone. It's it's pretty crazy that we've been around for this long um, and that you guys are all still with us. It's great. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. And also stay tuned. Uh, Episode 100 is probably going to be a special one, um, so make sure that you uh, stay tuned for the next couple of episodes. So last week we sent around a note on Twitter and Facebook asking our listeners, you guys, what you really wanted to hear about for our first episode of 2015. And thanks to Bauda PR uh, for suggesting a really great topic for uh, today's episode. Uh, We're going to talk about 2015 trends. Makes sense. First episode of 2015, getting into a new year. Uh, So what are the trends in PR communications and marketing? So the first thing was um, I actually found this really interesting trend in a Hootsuite blog uh, that I read. Um, it says, in 2015, the pace of social media change is, if anything, poised to accelerate. But for businesses, there's one important difference from the past, hungry to monetize. The major networks are figuring out ways to make it simpler and more productive for companies to engage with customers. Meanwhile, tools are proliferating that makes it easier easier to track the impact of social media spending and even measure return on individual tweets and posts. So I think this is a pretty exciting trend because one of the hardest issues that we've been having in PR and communications is finding a way to measure our success. Advertisers have been able to do it for decades. Since, you know, the 1950s, they were able to say, we spent this much, much on advertising, and this is how much we got in sales. With PR and communications, because it's a little bit of a longer relationship building, we've always had a hard time measuring our success. But according to um, Hootsuite, they think that we can actually make it into a world in 2015 where we'll actually be able to say, this is exactly how much our work is worth. I found that really interesting because um, in past companies, I've done a lot of recruitment social media. So for companies, tried to find candidates to work for the companies um, through Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. And that was pretty interesting because we would typically have a link to a job posting. And then we could measure the number of hits to the job posting and see if they came from Twitter or where they came from. But um, that's a simple yeah, that's a simple example. 
it sounds like it's going to get a lot more sophisticated and probably is going to mean there's going to be increased social media presence because it's measurable. I think a lot of people are hesitant because it's not easily measurable. Exactly. And when you're trying to pitch an idea to a CEO or to your upper management or even to your boss, I mean, you could be in an entry-level position trying to pitch something. Um, it's easier to pitch something with an evaluation to say, you know, this is exactly what I want to accomplish. And by the way, I'll be able to show you if I have accomplished this or not. Um, the tools have been out there for a while, but they've never really been readily accessible to all organizations. I work for a not-for-profit. We don't have, you know, tens of thousands of dollars every year to pay for some of the really, really fancy tools. But nowadays, the tools, because there's so much, there's so many different kinds of tools and they're becoming more popular, not-for-profits fi- can finally jump into the world where we're actually able to access, we're, we're able to get some of these, um, these tools at a lower cost. And still, and we're still able to, to measure our success, and that could be. And, and the thing is, is we're not just measuring measuring our success anymore in tweets and likes and clicks. We can now actually measure it in. Okay, well, this tweet resulted in a click, which resulted in a sale, which resulted, you know, so and the sale was this much money. So we can actually say this tweet resulted in this much um, dollar value, and and that's been something that we've been wanting to do for years. Um, and we're, I think, we're finally in a world that it's becoming almost part of every organization. And as, you know, for our young listeners, once you, you get into the world of communications and, and, and PR and marketing, be prepared to have to learn how to use some of these tools um, and be prepared to use them wisely so that you can show your boss exactly how successful you were um, in your work. So evaluation has always been important, but now we can really be nitty and gritty with our evaluation, go right down and say, we were really successful because of this and we're able to show that success. In an article on Top Rank, which is a digital marketing blog, um, Anne Handley, who's the chief content officer for Marketing Profs, she says that 2015 is really the year we're going to create and curate content our customers will thank us for. The idea of brands as publishers will be more important. I, I don't think this is a new idea, um, the idea of brands having to become our own publishers. It's no longer paid media versus uh, earned media. We now have this third one, which is owned media. This is the media that we create, the tweets we put out, the blog posts we put out. That's been there for a while, but I think uh, certain organizations have potentially been lagging behind and, and they haven't wanted to do their owned media yet and, and have waited a little bit. But I think in 2015, it's becoming, it's almost like the social media era. You can't ignore social media anymore. And I think we're also in a, at a point in 2015 where you cannot ignore uh, content uh, publishing anymore. Absolutely. And uh, the more organizations I'm involved with, the more I hear about how they're pushing the content creation agenda mm-hmm. and realizing that there's a huge opportunity there. And if they're seen as the leaders or, or the, you know, the knowledge center, it's, it's doing nothing but helping them. And a lot of times our owned media then turns into earned media. Exactly. Uh, so, and, and you're seeing more and more organizations taking advantage of this, right? So why, uh, why not, you know, jump on board? Uh, obviously it, it's, it's, there's more resources and more money involved, but I think shifting a little bit of, um, our budgets around for 2015 to make sure we include content creation as part of our, our plans is, 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 
probably an important step. And if it's not in 2015, then realizing that if you're not going to make it this year, you better be in it for next year because it's now becoming something that everyone's doing um, and something that's very valuable as well. So it's not just that do what everyone else is doing, but this it's, it's now something that has been proven to work. So if it's not in your plan for 2015, um, then you should probably think about putting it into 2016. And for young professionals jumping in, into your new jobs, uh, the you know, being a good writer is much more important now. It's always been important in our industry, but it's I think this, this is just another reason why you need to be a good writer because you might be jumping into a role where an organization has just launched their new content creation plan and they're putting you in charge of writing articles and you need, you know, you need to represent that organization and come up with good articles and good blog posts and good tweets and good Facebook posts and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, not just writing well, but being able to write in different forms. I oh, mean, sure. we used to all have to write a news release. Now we have to be good at writing blogs, uh, web uh, content, uh, a tweet, so condensing our ideas into 140 characters or taking that idea and turning it into a white paper, right? So, yeah, being able to be versatile in your writing is going to be important in 2015. Uh, Jay Bear, I'm sure our listeners have uh, heard of him before. Uh, he's the president of Convince and Convert, popular um, communicator in uh, the U.S., also a friend of uh, Ginny Dietrich. Um, he's at Jay Bear, uh, B-A-E-R, on Twitter, and I would suggest uh, to follow him. He's a always has some really great um, insight. He also has his own podcast as well, so if you want to um, add another podcast to your listening list in 2015, I would um, uh, head over to Convince and Convert. Uh, and follow his podcast as well. So his idea for 2015 is, he says, 2015 will be the year of paid amplification with content marketing reaching near ubiquity uh, the success pendulum will swing towards boosting consumption of content. That will put a new focus on math, testing, and optimization as content production and content distribution becomes equally important. So I think there's two things to take out of Jay's um, comment here. So one, paid amplification. Uh, we're now in a world where, uh, you know, Instagram just surpassed the amount of followers than, than Twitter. So there's tons of content on Instagram right now. Tons of content on Twitter. I don't know what the numbers are, but I'm pretty sure there's millions of tweets every single day. Oh. Same thing with Facebook. If you look at your news feed, there's something coming in every single second, and it's not just from your friends, but it's also from brands um, and brands you like and, and, and uh, brands that are trying to uh, sell to you as well. But on the communication side... We're gonna have to find our way, like ways to cut through all the, the, the noise, and one of it is through paid amplification, so promoting our tweets, um, you know, promoting our Facebook posts and our, and, and doing newsfeed ads. In PR and communications, we've always I feel like we've separated ourselves from advertisers, but I think we now almost have to think as advertisers again because if we could have really, really great content, but if it's not paid to, to, if it's not been amplified and we haven't paid for it to be seen by enough people, it could just sit there dormant. Some things become viral naturally and it's great, but there's no formula to Mm -hmm. becoming viral. You can't say, follow these five steps and your video will become viral. Or follow these five steps and your tweet will get 50,000 favorites and 50,000 retweets. Sometimes we actually have to pull out a little little bit of budget and actually pay to have some of our content um, promoted and pushed up to the top so that 
our potential uh, potential customers or consumers can actually see that message, and then that can actually be a snowball effect where it then becomes viral. I I actually working primarily in marketing for the last five five years have had to you know advertising is thrown into that now. Like we talk about you know breaking down the silos, how all of these things are so interwoven, and. Uh, you know, creating ads and deciding where they go is a huge part of, you know, PR, marketing, communications, public affairs. So, uh, yeah, it's it's all meshed into one. And yeah, and the, you said something interesting, the deciding where it goes and yeah. they, who sees it, how yeah. much it's worth to put it there, yeah. you know, return on investment. These are all... Yeah, if we just look at, you know, Twitter and Facebook ads as just the simplest example, uh, Twitter and Facebook allows you to, um, you know, target by key message and target by followers. And then you can also take different kinds of ads and test them to see which one are getting more clicks and which ones are getting more impressions and views. So it's not only learning how to write an ad copy, paying for it to be promoted, but then we also have the need ability to be able to measure how successful it is. And if it's not being as successful because it's live, because social media, you pay for every single click, um, you can actually change it and adapt it. And because you're, you're, you can watch it grow or you can watch it fail. You can have a couple of ads out there all with a little bit of the budget and figure out which one's working best and then cancel the two that are not working. And then you only have the one that's successful. So, and then, you know, moving your money around, it's, it's, um, it's something that I started in 2014. Um, is is really learning how to properly do online advertising campaigns. I had never done them before 20, uh, 2014. And it's it's a whole new a whole new world, um, and I think it's really important for young professionals that if they don't have this skill yet, if it's something that they're not being taught in school, especially if you're learning about PR or communications, it might not really be. Yeah. I, I would suggest either talking to your teacher about finding is there a book that you could read, or just doing research by yourself and, and, and going online and, and reading blogs about you know proper ways to do online advertising, or even have a little bit of fun. The great thing with online advertising is you can have fun with, you know, 50 bucks and you can actually just put 50 bucks on your own Twitter account and promote a couple of your own tweets Mm -hmm. and figure out what works and what doesn't, you know? So, um, something that you definitely want to put in your skill set because there's no, there's no silos anymore. You're not a PR practitioner, a communicator or a marketer or an advertiser. A lot of times all these four things meld together into one. Absolutely. Um, and when they meld in together into one, um, just like Jenny Dietrich has, has been trying to push about, you know, with, with her book marketing in the round and breaking down the silos, uh, you're more successful when everything is t- integrated Absolutely. together anyway. Yep. So might as well get those skills to, um, at, uh, at an early stage. So true. Yeah. Last trend, uh, again, still from this top rank blog, uh, from Mark Schaefer, who is the executive director of Schaefer Marketing Solutions. He says that by the end of 2015, wearable technology should be gathering enough steam that we will begin to see some early marketing applications. What does marketing look like when the internet surrounds us like the air that we breathe? Fascinating to think about. Uh, that, that sounds scary to me. <laughs> I said to Christine before we started recording, I'm like, we're all turning into robots. Like Everything's going to be... Yes. Every, wearable technology. I mean, if you'd said that 100 years ago, people would be like, what are you talking about? 
talking about? <laughs> well, it's like the the whole Star Trek communicator. Yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, people would laugh when they would see on Star Trek someone open up this little phone device and then talk into it, and lo and behold, we were doing that when we had our flip phones. You know, yeah. so uh, a lot of this um, neat technology that we've seen in the sci-fi movies in the ni- in the eighties and nineties are really starting to come out now, and, and a lot of this technology is available today. I mean, think about Google Glass. You can now walk around and see into a, a world that's it's all virtual. It's 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 it's. I've never tried virtual glass, but I, I've seen videos about it, and I've seen people talk about it and read reviews crazy. about it. It yeah. sounds really crazy. I don't know. I don't know how comfortable I would be with it. I feel like I wouldn't know how to walk anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one wearable technology that I'm really excited about is the Apple Watch, and I'm yeah. probably going to be oh, one right. of the. I'm probably going to buy it as soon as it comes out. I'm, I can't wait. I'm counting down the days until it does come out, and. It's just, it's, it might not be something that's, uh, relevant to your career if you're starting your job tomorrow or even in the next six months, but this is a good trend. Um, and again, these are just trends, things that you should start thinking about because like um, uh, Mark Schaefer was saying is by the end of 2015, we might be in a world that enough people are using wearable technology that marketers and communicators are actually going to start utilizing it as a marketing tool. We don't know how that's going to be, but it is something to keep in mind. So when we're thinking about our plans for 2015 and 2016 or even 2017, if we're part of an organization or if you're getting a job in an organization that might benefit from marketing someone who's using wearable technology, then start thinking about those ideas now. Because if you could be the first out of the gate, again, it's always easier to be the first person with the first idea um, because once... I mean, wearable technology and marketing on on an i on a an Apple Watch or marketing using Google Glass. Once everyone starts using it, then it's harder to cut through the noise. So if we get ahead of this trend and we start thinking about how can we use it once it actually does become available to marketers, then we can be the first out of the floodgate with this. So. Right. Anyway, maybe not something that you have to worry about tomorrow, but something that you want to think about. Wearable technology. Really interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> so that brings our episode to a close, unless there's any other trends that you... No, I find it really interesting. I think that the only one that really surprised me was the wearable technology. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, the rest we probably could have could yeah. seen coming. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, always interesting to look ahead. And then, yeah. really interesting at the end of the year to look back and say, okay, well, what, what did the trends end up being? Like what, exactly. Right? Yeah. So maybe we can bookmark that. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So and I, we'll, we'll bookmark this episode and, and maybe at the end of the year see if any of these actually came about. And who knows? Maybe we'll be recording on our Apple Watches or maybe, something. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we want to thank everyone for uh, spending this time with us. We'd love to hear from you if you have any comments for ideas for future shows or any comments about today's episode. Uh, you can send us an email at youngprpros at gmail.com or leave us a comment on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash youngprpros or just tweet us at youngprpros at Christine Darbell and at Kent Julia. Thanks and we'll talk to you next week.
You've been listening to Young PR Pros on the FIR Podcast Network, brought to you in association with Lawrence Reagan Communications, serving communicators worldwide for more than 35 years. More information at www.reagan.com. Young PR Pros is a weekly podcast hosted by Christine Darbell and Julia Kent that covers all topics from job hunting skills, such as building resumes and interview tips, to discussions around the state of PR and communications, and how young PR professionals can shape the future of our industry. Young PR Pros is part of the FIR Podcast Network, a series of business podcasts founded by Neville Hobson and Shell Holtz. The anchor podcast in the network is the Hobson and Holtz Report, a weekly show presented since January 2005. For information about the FIR Podcast Network, to see show notes for the podcasts and to subscribe, visit www.forimmediaterelease.biz. You can also subscribe via iTunes and other podcast directories. We welcome your comments about Young PR Pros on the FIR Podcast Network. Join the conversation in the FIR community on Google+. Look for the FIR Podcast Community. Or email us at fircomments at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.